Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Movies and a Meal, a podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. I'm your co-host Ben, and as always I'm joined by Keith hey. and Brad. What's up? So we got two movies this week. I know one that we're pretty excited about. I don't know, because Keith is the only one who saw the other one. But <laughs> First we're going to have Keith talk about Anatomy of a Fall, a French movie that just came out this year. And then we're going to close out with a sneakily good movie that I think... Hasn't got a lot of buzz, but seems to be getting good word of mouth, and that's Godzilla minus one. But why don't we have Keith here talk about the first movie, and even before that, why don't we have Brad summarize this movie for us? <laughs> All right. Summary always courtesy of IMDb. A woman is suspected of her husband's murder, and their blind son faces a moral dilemma as the main witness. I love The Fall, of course, because this is when, you know, even in this modern movie world with a lot of streaming, it's when the great movies come out. And, spoiler alert, this one and Godzilla, two of my favorites for the year. And my brother and father and I were on vacation recently in Massanutten, Virginia. We went in Charlottesville for the day for some culture, and it didn't disappoint. A thoroughly charming city I hadn't seen for more than 30 years. But still, the highlight of our day was the French murder mystery, <clears throat> courtroom drama, and not even fall. Definitely one of my favorite movies now of 2023. Inexplicably, it's not France's official entry for the Oscars for this year, so you won't hear it among the best foreign language film nominees. But it just pretty much swept the European Film Awards, bringing home Best Director, Best Actress, and Best Picture after, all, after winning the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. So what is Anatomy of Fall all about? It's indeed part courtroom drama and murder mystery, but it's completely also a window into the internal workings and unraveling of a marriage put on display for all. At its center is the excellent German actress Sandra Huller, who won the Best Actress at the European Film Awards for a performance. At the outset, we meet her character, famed novelist Sandra, being interviewed at the remote chalet in the mountains of Grenoble, which she shares with her husband and mostly blind son. As Sandra flirts with her female interview, her husband is upstairs and blaring a steel drum cover of 50 Cent's 2003 hit, Pimp. As jarring as that sounds, imagine it playing on repeat as it does here to set the stage for the complicated relationship of Sandra and her husband Samuel and what comes next. Well, that's only too much because it's the entire premise of the movie. Sandra shortly, shortly after finds herself indicted for murder in Samuel's death after he falls from the upper, upper floor of their home, hitting his head on a shed as he falls to his death in the snow-covered mountains. From there, an avenue fall unfolds in several layers, all of which are compelling. Director Justine Trier makes us indeed feel almost ripped from the headlines without ever making it cheesy, except for the movie's unfortunate URL of didshedoit.com. Trier also made the entirely satisfying psychological thriller Sybil, so she's one of my favorite young directors to watch. And as the trial of Sandra unfolds, it goes on twists and turns that make this a first-rate courtroom drama, but it's her character and performance that make this also riveting. She's far from the perfect victim, and as the violent side of her marriage emerges slowly and in excruciating detail in court, nor the perfect possible villain. Her performance is a real journey and a remarkable one to behold. What's on trial, and on brutally open display here, along with Sandra, is the decline of a partnership and how it happened in slow motion, over years of resentments and betrayals. Which makes it all the more harder hitting when, late in the trial, we drop into the lives of Sandra and Samuel to see the most violent climax of their relationship. Caught on tape as Samuel had started videotaping chapters of his life to document this unraveling. It's a thorough gut punch after the series of body blows as you're watching this unfold and it's just shattering. What makes, also makes this work so well is that the French court system, as it's portrayed here and from my research pretty accurately, is a freewheeling space compared to American courtrooms. Contradictory evidence comes flying fast from each side, and it's in that spear that their son Daniel, played by Milo Machado Granier, comes to the fore. And the young star really shines as the player caught in the middle of this drama, whose testimony will play a key part. That stretch indeed stretches credulity, but it's a complicated performance worthy of the acclaim it's receiving. I will say Anatomy of Falls is a bit long, and at times views this horrific scenario from a chilling distance. 
But those are only quibbles, because he kept me wrapped and guessing until the very end. You certainly won't hear from me the outcome of the trial, but the beauty here is that you can make up your own mind on whether you think Sander did it or not. Trier said she was inspired by the Amanda Knox case and how it unfolded in the court system, but don't let that stop you from seeing this as soon as you can. She's created something entirely amazing from that seed of an idea, with a remarkable performance from Sander Huller at its core, and for its equal parts riveting courtroom saga, murder mystery, and compelling psychological drama, I will give this one four stars. All right, so Brad, you got some Rotten Tomatoes? Yep, critics and audience, Keith. Well, let's see. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't spoil this one all for myself, but I know it's. I'm sure it's got to be positive. I will go 90 for the fans. You know, the courtroom drama is. It fluctuates all over the place. So I will, and this is a bit long. So I will go 85 for. I'm oh, sorry, 90 for the critics, 85 for the fans. Okay. Critics, 96 percent, 205 reviews. Huh? Audience, 91 percent, 100 plus reviews. Hmm. So, and the critics' consensus, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes, a smart, solidly, solidly crafted procedural. That's anchored in family drama. Anatomy of a Fall finds star Sandra Huller and director co-writer Justine Trier operating at peak power. I'll agree with that. Great movie. Well, I don't think we have anything else to say, so why don't we go ahead and move on to another great movie, yeah, I think. The main and, course. And that's Godzilla <laughs> Minus One. Which is interesting, because this is like, I think, and Ben and I were discussing this, this is the first movie where... It's like we all three saw it at separate times, and, <laughs> and it's like it almost went like word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. So yeah, and I think I think that's the reason why this movie is having a success <laughs> because I this is a rare movie that I hadn't seen the trailer, I didn't know anything about it. I only really went on the recommendation of you guys. Really, I didn't want to be the only guy who hadn't seen this movie. Yeah, and I only went because it's Godzilla, and it was from a Japanese director, and I figured it had to be good. IGN gave it a good review, so I was, uh, so I already knew it was good. I just didn't know if I'd have time to see it. Before we jump in uh, too deeply, Brad, what's this movie about? All right, summary as always, courtesy of IMDb. Post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptized in the horrific power of the atom bomb. This movie is um, from Tohi, the people who usually make Godzilla movies. Just by way of backstory, I guess, them and Legendary Pictures, which is the American version, they have a deal to make their own Godzilla movies. Surprisingly enough, this movie came out on December 1st, and just recently we got a trailer for, what is it called, Godzilla? I want to say X-Kong, The New Empire. Yes, which is the sequel <laughs> to... Kong, I guess. Yeah, the American <laughs> trilogy that's, yeah. that's that's happened over the last um, 10 years and so. But this is not in that universe. And, I mean, I'll start. I mean, I enjoyed this movie. I didn't really know much about it until I watched it. But I would say that it does what most American kind of big spectacle movies, even like your Jurassic Parks and, and your Godzilla is like our version, doesn't is that it gets the people right and the monsters are secondary as opposed to um, what we've seen with the other ones. And I enjoy those movies too, but the other ones it's just like, let's see Godzilla smash something. And this one, <laughs> it's really about the people and you know how they have to live with it because Godzilla's, Godzilla's not good or bad in this movie. He's just a force of nature well, yeah it's yeah. like a like a hurricane or a tornado or a tsunami or something like that fact, he's uh, almost an everyday occurrence yeah they react they react to him yeah. they, they know he's coming so yeah. the, the, the godzilla <laughs> in in the american movies recently are just like oh that's our that's our boy and like yeah. <laughs> he's he's kind of misunderstood but like you know when there's another threat then like he'll come and help because like he's just good natured uh, why don't we kick it to Brad? Because Brad was a guy. Brad was a guy who kind of put me over the top. Keith had already given it a thumbs up, but when Keith, when Brad also said it was good, I went to check it out. But Brad, what do you think? I'm going to second everything you said about it. its focus is more on the struggles 
of of human life, especially after World War Two, after a war. And I mean, this the the village that main actor um, uh, Koichi uh, Shikishima is the the character name. And I apologize for any butchering of names here. Um, I think it's like the running gag for the podcast. But um, <laughs> the the actor who plays it is uh, Kamiki uh, Runosuke, I believe. His portrayal of just weakness in general is just stunning. I mean, he's a man that. It's just his fear of being a kamikaze fighter. I mean, he does, and, and don't worry, I'm the same way. I would not want to fly an airplane into ships or anything like that. Just, I, I wouldn't do it. And from that to the fear of Godzilla and just like the fear of moving on from uh, moving his life on. I mean, just after that, it's it's stunning how he just shows that, and his ability to show his stignuitous to overcome his fear is very well done too. Um, it's just amazing to see, and I really love how. Sort of like you see as Japan is building back up, Godzilla is evolving. It's like Japan is evolving and Godzilla is evolving in the same time. And it, it, it maybe does a great job showing that. So, and it's just wonderful to see. Keith, what, uh, what are you thinking? Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad I convinced you guys to go see that. I think I, I'm not going to take credit because the word of mouth was exploding for this one. I was so excited that I went, not much in advance, but two days before it opened Friday and saw it in Fomax, our version of IMAX. And I was glad I did. I was sitting about mid-range, and y'all are right. This is, it's not only that, they, you know, the, the, these guys rally together. These are everyday people, you know, rallying to take on Godzilla. But the politics uh, is handled just very deftly. Um, you know, the, the politics of post-war Japan is very complicated. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of shame on both sides. And there's, you know, there's, they, they blame, there's, a, it gets into what Japan did wrong in World War II, but also what America did wrong, what America did wrong after World War II in Japan. And it, all that is complicated, but on a very human scale. And I will say, I'm glad I saw the Fomax also, because y'all are right that the, the human element is great here, but Godzilla is also as good as he's been, in, as I can remember. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I can't say that objectively this is the best Godzilla movie, because I haven't seen them all, but this might be my favorite. It's head and shoulders above the American trilogy that we just saw, mm-hmm. and those movies aren't that bad. I I enjoy them, mm-hmm. but they're on a different level. This one actually, maybe we could talk a little bit about like award nominations, but I mean, I can see this being nominated for some Oscars, mm-hmm. um, even even the big category. Brad, let me ask you your let me ask the education movie uh, <laughs> question. I always use ask or whatever, but what was the part that sold you on this movie? When did you feel like you um, like it? Probably the first time you see Godzilla. And it's not the Godzilla you know. This is, I mean, it's, yes, it's a, it's a towering, like, lizard-like creature. But it's not 150, 250, or, like, foot tall. It's mm-hmm. maybe 20 foot tall. I mean, yes, it's maybe even that. I mean, it's good, like, we'll say 10 to 20 feet tall. So It's taller than, it's taller than that. It's taller than humans. That, that, that um, the watchtower. Yeah, so, so maybe yeah. 50. So, so maybe 50. 50. But, but it's, it's, it's smaller mm-hmm. than, than you're used to seeing. Plus, it doesn't have its breadth of attacks, like, and, and atomic sort of, breath. Yeah, the atomic breath. I, I didn't mean to do that as, um, uh, I forget the word for that, but yeah. So, I mean, it's, so it's, it's, it's basically just, like, in its infancy, almost. Just showing the sheer, like, destruction it can cause on that level is just to that to that town the little little island was definitely good and just seeing uh koichi deal with his fear and just like the shaking of the hands and all that and just the 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 consequences of his actions i mean it just it hooks you from there and i mean koichi in general man he just you want to hug him i mean he's just dude's, <laughs> dude's had a rough life a rough rough uh, rough go of it so and um I, that's the part that hooked me i mean it's 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 more 
as it shows the growth of the Japanese people, this is also like an origin story for Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And I think I also like it how they kind of mix those two in with like the top secret government reports of <laughs> showing like Godzilla growing up mm -hmm. and basically tearing ships apart and stuff. So I, I kind of like how they mix it all together. They mentioned that obviously there's a, a lot of influences on this movie, you know, Jaws being one, and like the beginning part is, is very Jaws-like. And I, I was telling these guys, I was reading some trivia and somewhere apparently Gareth Edwards who did the 2014 American Godzilla movie had seen this movie and apparently was expressed like a little I guess jealousy just like <laughs> because he was just like this is how this movie should be like this is how what a Godzilla movie should be uh, which is a good marriage of like the spectacle of Godzilla and then there's a, the human element which they just they haven't really been able to find a balance with yet so no, but you know it's not as we, as we were saying off there. It's not really the American movie's fault. They don't have the viewpoint. It's the sensibilities. I mean, it comes. Yeah. It comes. The, the Godzilla comes so much out of World War II and the, the nuclear bomb, and it's just it's all it's all so well put together here. And you're right. From that first scene, it's the perfect combination of Godzilla and the human element. But then we go directly to poor uh, Shikishima. Is, is, I want to get his name right. Shikishima. He's the main character. Yeah, going yeah. back to his town. And he meets that woman who shames him, and immediately he's shamed throughout. But then the whole transition to him meeting um, Oishi, and they adopt the, the daughter Akiko, who she, she just kind of throws on him as she's running away. It's just a wild scene, but it, 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 it drops you so quickly into the humanity of it. And I was hooked from that throughout. I mean, at several points, we'll get into the later, we don't want to take spoiler alert off yet, but probably fairly soon. I was bawling at several points, especially near the end. But it becomes a real human drama almost right away. Uh, Miname uh, Hamabe, um, like I said, I apologize for any butchering of names <laughs> there. But yeah, she's uh, Noriko Ishii, and I, I, I love her in this. I mean, she's she for for as much as uh, Koichi is like depressed and down, she's like the stubborn force that's like kind of dragging him down, dragging him along as uh, dragging him along long life, and it's just just seeing how they grow up together. Just I mean, they they're not quite a couple but they it's like they probably could be if Koichi would get out of his head and yeah. I mean, it's just it's wonderful and um I really really love her in this she's definitely a driving force in this too so I mean the entire supporting gas is great so after he comes back from the war he kind of joins a, a boat crew to kind of destroy mines that are left over and those guys also become his family uh you know you have the captain you have the scientist and you have the kid and you know, they help bring him along, and they also keep him straight a lot of times, too. And he has to be one of the, like, just, like, saddest characters <laughs> in recent movie history that I can remember. Because he's just, like, put upon, and he's shamed, and just people keep dumping on him. And he's already haunted. He's already got, like, PTS with, with what happened. And, you know, I mean, I think that's, but also that's why we want to root for him at the end. And without spoiling it too much, you know, there's a there's a scene towards the end of the movie where the, I didn't really have a lot of people in the theater, but when this scene transpired, like, there were some claps there. They were they were happy to see what had happened. The scientist is uh, Kenji Noda, who is played by, and forgive me here, Hidetaka Yoshioki. He's eccentric enough to stand out for me, I mean, just with the hair and the science and all that, but uh, the captain is Yoji Ak uh, Akitsu, who's played by Kurunosuke uh, Sasaki. And um, Yuki Yamada, who uh, plays uh, Shiro uh, Mizushima, is the uh, young crewman, I'll call The kid. So the, the kid, kid yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they all had their moments. They all had their moments. They're all great. Especially in the scene where you, when they first meet like Godzilla. It's just like you see... That's Jaws. That's, that, that's Jaws. Jaws. That's straight from Jaws. It's just like... And it's very nail-biting. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, man, we're done for. It's just like... 
It's, it's amazing to see. To steal your term, I would call um, Hitaki Yoshioka, the uh, Brad's unsung MVP, secret MVP. You know, when Kenji Noda steps forward, the engineer, I mean, you never know. You don't know what they're going to do. It comes out of the blue that he has this secret plan to get rid of Godzilla. And, you know, moving into spoilers, we'll talk about it wasn't going to work. You could just tell. I appreciated that. They were all behind it, but the science of it was pretty ludicrous. But, but I love that moment when he steps up, though. It's fantastic. I think that's the great part mm-hmm. about that is, you know, getting back to, like, you know, the themes and uh, discussions about, like, post-World War II. And, it's you know, it's applicable even today about, like, you know, people coming home from the war and they're a little disillusioned of what they did or why they did it. And, you know, there's a bunch of guys at the end, basically, when Godzilla's coming. Mm-hmm. This isn't too much of a spoiler, but um, they're just like, we need volunteers to help stop them. And some people were like, I, I, this isn't for me. And, you know, there were some other guys. It wasn't like quite like Bill Pullman at Independence Day, but they're just like, look, man, someone's got to do it. Like, and like <laughs> if we're going to go down, I'm going to go down fighting. I'm mm-hmm. not going to just let my let my family and let this place uh, go to waste by Godzilla. And yeah, I, I just, that was like good. That was heartwarming. I would vote. And y'all can weigh into. I think we should take the spoiler alerts off now, or should we give our well, ratings well, first? Well, we There's the ratings a lot first. to talk about. Let's, let's no. give the ratings first. No. Okay. Um, I'll yeah. go first. I'm going to give it a four. I debated on this one, and I, I had to kind of round this one up. I'm going to give it a four and a half. I really like this movie, and I was debating between a four and a four and a half, and because uh, I originally wrote down a four, and I thought about it for a second, and this is like your four point two five got to round up to a four and a half for me. So I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I will go four and a half too. I will say, you know, I was so excited seeing it in IMAX and did not disappoint. For all the human elements, the politics, and a pretty perfect Godzilla monster, I loved it. Um, you would do box office and yep. stuff real quick. Yeah, I got the... Uh, oh, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I got Rotten Tomatoes, critics and audience. Uh, ben, since I'll go first. first last time, why don't you go... Uh... Critics seem to like this probably as much as we do, so <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim high. I'm going to go 93%, and I'm going to go audience. Um, word of mouth, I think, is what's carrying this movie. Um, I'm going to go high, too. I'll go... 87. Okay. Keith? I'm going to go ludicrously high, just because I like this so much. I'll go 98% on the critics, because I was too... I thought... And I may fall was right up there, so... And I will go 95 for the fans. Critics, 97%, 110 reviews. Audience, 98%, 1,000 plus reviews. So this is a unanimous uh, success. Yeah, it's Godzilla's time. (laughs) So, uh, critics consensus, uh, courtesy of Rotten Tomatoes. With engaging human stories anchoring the action... Godzilla Minus One is one kaiju movie that remains truly compelling between the scenes of mass destruction. Okay, no. And Mm -hmm. audience says, got a rare audience one here, so an instant classic addition to the franchise, Godzilla Mm -hmm. Minus One has terrific special effects and a really entertaining story to match. Before we get into box office, I want to say I'm cheering for this being a one-two punch of Japanese movies. I seriously doubt it. But I'm hoping it's Godzilla number one, Boy in the Heron number number two, the Miyazaki movie. But Brad, what is it? You're close. <laughs> You're close. By probably, we'll say $0.4 million okay. being close. <laughs> the Boy in the Heron finishes number one in the box office, $12.8 million. It's a down week, but Miyazaki's back. I'm yeah, excited. So. <laughs> number two, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes finished second. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no. Finished second, $9.4 million. With a four-week total of $135.6 million. Number three, Godzilla Minus One. Couldn't find an exact number. The number I saw was between 8 and $9 million. So if we're rounding up, it was $0.4 million away from being one-two. Two-week total of 19 to $20 million. So 
So. I will say, you know, that the, I don't know how far, but the window for Godzilla has been expanded in mm-hmm. theaters, so, you know. Which is good, because <laughs> uh, that was my one worry. I was like, if this is going to be like a one or two week thing, I'm not going to have time to see it, but, yeah. so I'm glad they expanded it. Number four, to finish up the top five, number four, Trolls Band Together, $6.2 million this week, four week total of $83.1 million. Rounding out the top five, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, finished uh, with $5.3 million this week. Two-week total of $26.3 million. So why don't we do spoilers real quick, Brad? Spoilers! Turn away! Run away now! <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how much of a spoiler it is, but I mean, you know, Godzilla comes. They figure out a way to stop Godzilla. Our guy, the failed kamikaze pilot, he feels like this might be a chance to redeem himself. And the one time that we did, I did hear some claps or some real actual reaction is, um, you, you know, at the end... Our main guy flies a plane with a bomb inside Godzilla's his mouth. And people were happy that our guy was able to eject and survive because, you know, he had had a hard life. He'd been shamed. Um, earlier in the movie, his, his, his girl slash friend or, or you know, a uh, living person who, to Brad's point, had given him a pep talk being like, you got to live, man. Like, um, you know, she... Literally gets blown yeah, away. Yeah, she she yeah. seemingly dies in a yeah. Godzilla attack. Um, so he's obviously depressed, and you know he's prepared to die. And then by a lot, you know, a lot of people convinced him otherwise. Uh, somebody who uh, another survivor from one of the earlier attacks that really shamed him about not about freezing up. Uh, you know, yeah, he basically was just like, "Look, you gotta live, man." Mm-hmm. Um, and he did, and people were happy about that. And at the end. All the characters that we we know and love were able to survive, <laughs> which I appreciated, including uh, Oichi, Noriko uh, yeah. Oichi. But yeah, and I really love how they set that up too, because you 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 show nothing, and like he's he's had it. He's like he's lost his woman friend. He's he's like he's in his mind. It's like this is his redemption. So he's he's going to take it out and die trying or die trying. So he's going to do both or, uh, or or of all of that. And when when they reveal that. Noriko is alive. I'll admit it. I cried. I teared up. Oh yeah. However, no, there's no, there's no shame in yeah, the emotional. That movie. wasn't the first time I cried in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I, however, I, I gotta, I gotta ask. Was that a little too saccharine? No. No. Okay. No. Not okay. At all. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you why. If, if it, this weren't all so well presented, and this is the most ludicrous possibly ending of the entire year, yeah. the fact that he was able to eject. Minutes before the plane flies into, um, you know, Godzilla's mouth. Mm-hmm. And then, and I love the fact, not only is she alive, but it's the neighbor who comes back and she's like hitting him. Yes. Like, so she's still mad at him, but she's so happy. And he reads the telegram. And I will say, I didn't do it, but it was such a great ending that several people gave it a standing ovation at the end. I, and I never clap unless the director's there. I'm just a snotty idiot that way. But I was clapping at the end. This was the craziest ending of the year. Yeah. But... I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the reason it wasn't too sacred for me is that I'll buy the whole range of it because it, the, what came before was so good. No, I don't, I, I don't mind you cut me off because I was actually <laughs> asking a question. I was like, I just, I don't know. It, 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 I cried, like I said, so I bought into it. It's just, it's hard to believe that you get blown away by the force of an atomic blast. There's a giant lizard that's yeah. happening. You just gotta, you just gotta, you can't be selective it's, in it's your logic like that. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, it's just... It's it's a little it works. It's just a little out there, but I I love the ending. I'll say you, you that. Just so. let, you just got to let it go. But but that that like you guys said, 
that speaks to the strength of the story and the fact that we're invested in these people and that we want to see them survive and be happy at the end. You know, that's the reason why, in some ways, like, I didn't want to see Godzilla kind of come at the end because I knew that's certain doom for people. Because, you know, <laughs> we, we had spent, there was a whole, like, ten-minute sequence where Godzilla's just wrecking shop on this city. Yeah. Just <laughs> destruction <laughs> everywhere. And you don't want to see that happen to our heroes because they know that they're probably going to die. So we don't want to see them die. I think, and this is this is what the amazing thing of this is. This budget only was this was a budget of fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just look at the, the 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 set piece when Godzilla just tears up Ginza. I mean, it is it is amazing to see, and it's just the just the before and the after of the attack is spectacular and even the ocean set pieces they have mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's amazing to see for such a small budget i mean it's very well done and godzilla in general just the look of godzilla the 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 charging up of the of the atomic breath which yeah. is, which is which was <laughs> definitely I, I think they've done that in previous movies, have they not? They did. I mean, the American ones have. Yeah. So I mean, so it's it's amazing to see. It might have been better done here, though. Yeah. It is. Like, it has such, you can see that Godzilla is wrecked every time yeah. he does it. Like, it takes so much. It's, no. it's like um, you know, it it's like a mechanism. You know, it's just like the the scales like lock. I mean, it takes a second. It's not like you can just go ah yeah. like it it. Yeah. He like has to build it, charge up, and then and do it. And I mean, it's just it's ominous too. And I mean that it's like, scary. And, You're right. And, and credit the music too with this because the music and the at- is just adds to the atmosphere. Just definitely helps. But I mean, just just seeing it slowly just charge up. You're like, oh crap, here we go. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, but when it when it fires, it's like, ah, oh, well they're done. I'm glad you noted about the special effects because that they did a lot with seemingly a little money and. You know, most people, if you're a certain age, right, you might just think of those Godzilla movies from the 60s and 70s where it's just a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah. And, you know, we're a long <laughs> way from that. And this is just as good or even better than the, the American counterpart. I mean, just, just just imagine how much money was put in, like, Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, just yeah. the budget on that. And then just see this mm-hmm. and just... I mean, granted, you don't have another... You don't have, like, monster... You don't have, like, 10 or 12 different monsters and all that. You just have... Godzilla, but I mean, it's still, it's it's amazing to see with just fifteen million dollars. The so. one that's coming in March, I read, is excess two hundred million dollar budget. So yeah. that's ten times this one. I mean, that's insane. I've got a small gripe, and it's not, well, of course, it's not bad. Okay. But there's some moments in this movie where it slows down a, enough to where it's noticeable. Not bad. This is nowhere near as bad as like Silent Night, where you got like long stretches where it's just it it's very slow. This movie is a like a shade over two hours, but yeah, there's some fat that could be trimmed. And I didn't find a lot. I just feel like when they're built, like so there's not much, but there's enough that it was noticeable for me. But. There, there was about five minutes, I think, when I'm towards the end, where I'm just like, okay, let's can we can we just see the plan executed? We don't have to like preparation and then a montage and then training and just like let's do the plan. So. <laughs> So, yeah, but other than that, this is a spectacular movie. I, I've got nothing else. I haven't got any minor nitpicks or anything. I was like, I, I guess my minor, minor nitpick might be uh, Oichi surviving, but even that's not bad. No. So. Sneakily might be in our top ten, I think, for any of mm-hmm. us, really, uh, as we, we go back. I'm pretty sure it will be. Which, which, is, which is cool because, I mean, there's... I, I know some people have already put up, like, top tens list, but, I mean, it's... Keith. Yep. I didn't say no names. I said no names, but... It, it's a work in progress. No, uh, no, I'm sorry, I agree, and it's like I said because I mean it's weird because December is just it's jam packed. Like I, yeah. I was telling Ben, I was like, there's there's four to five movies I'm going to be seeing 
just in this month alone, where usually December is like maybe one movie at tops, and usually it's like an MCU movie. So, so I mean, like I said, it's like I'm seeing I'm seeing like five movies in one month, which is if it's not a record, it's definitely close. So I think it's also surprising too that like this wasn't this movie was not on anybody's radar. It's not like no. this was on like Keep's top ten list for 2023. No. Nobody. In, in fact, I remember you you saying at one point maybe a month ago. It's Godzilla minus one. I was like, "What is that?" I said, "There's some kind of Godzilla film." You said Godzilla minus one. I was like, "What is that?" Yeah. I mean, maybe two months ago, but I mean, yeah, it just came pretty much came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's and, and it's mm-hmm. and it's a weird title for a movie. So it's it's mm-hmm. like, what's minus one mean and all this? And mm-hmm. I mean, it's but they do a good job on just everything mm-hmm. on this. So so watch this movie. Watch yeah. this movie. <laughs> yes, please watch for this movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be in your top ten of something. I think we should wrap it up then. Keith, why don't you do the plugs first? All right. You can reach us at moviesandmealog at gmail.com, Movies and Meal on Twitter, and please give us a listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Okay. So for this episode of Movies and Meal, I'm Ben. And Keith. Spread. Peace.